hand. <laughs> I love that James Gunn talked crap about that because he's like, you people realize he's a serial killer, right? Like, they're making jokes and you love him, but he is a serial killer who eats people, right? <laughs> you 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 all know this. No, they don't know this because you know half the like when the first Suicide Squad came out, everyone's like, oh, I want my relation to be shipped to be like Joker and Harley Quinn. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Welcome to Idiot Block, a comedic podcast critiquing, discussing, and analyzing the media industry through reviews, debates, and historical deep dives. Hello, welcome to another episode of Idiot Plot. I'm David Yanish. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Overdahl. Pause to acknowledge. And Justin Neitzel. I'm Ron Burgundy. On today's episode, we're going to talk about for another episode, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We didn't get enough of it last time, so we're going to talk about it all again and get even more in-depth in, in, into the world and genius of Zack Snyder. Wait, this will be a four-hour podcast? Yes, it'll be a four-hour podcast. I'm just kidding. It's April Fool's Day when we're recording this. And on April Fool's Day, we're talking about movies that fooled us. And these are movies that were advertised as, some, as something but we're actually something completely different for better or worse. Uh, but to start off, we're going to bring back a segment we haven't done in a long time. We're going to bring back what, what we watched. Alex, why don't you kick, kick, kick us off? Uh, what did you watch this week? Well, I, for the first time in a long time, uh, a year, uh, theaters in L.A. were open again. So I decided on the 65th anniversary of the Ten Commandments to go see the classic biblical epic on the big screen which you know it you don't often get a chance to see the kind of classic epics on the big screen so i wanted to take the the chance to do that and it it was fantastic the the remaster is really good and it was just so cool to like see something that that big and grand from that's classic uh on the big screen and that, they have a, a few different dates they're screening it was this on digital or on film uh, it was on digital 4K projection. I would have loved to see it on film. Lame. I know all of them are screening because it's the it's the 4K remaster too, so they want to show up, show that off. I would have loved to see this on film. I'd much rather I, see it that. Looks fantastic. I'd much rather see that on film than in 4K. Honestly. Fun fact: It also has the biggest set ever built for uh, a film. How big? Really big. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there, there's a sequence where they're like pyramid construction, and like they have like hundreds of extras as the the Hebrew slaves build building it, and like you have these giant like pillars that they're like hoisting. It's like huge. So, so were you the only one in the theater? No, I was the only one probably under the age of 40 or 50, but uh, th- there were a decent amount of people going to, to all the showings, you know, it, and it's actually the, the remaster was the number one selling uh, disc uh, of the past month. So it, it's more popular than I figured. I mean, it is a classic, but like, you know, uh, and it's very popular. I mean, when it airs on what? ABC on Saturdays before Easter, it always kills in the ratings. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny. We talked about Snyder Cut and how, like, it's this far overindulgent, but it's supposed to be, like, his passion project, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't feel it. This is, like, you feel every ounce that this is, like, Cecil B. DeMille's, like, dream project. And there's so much energy from his direction, but also, like, the acting and the set design. It's, like, it, it's very hard not to love this movie. I have not seen it, but I want to. I always just get kind of turned off by Bible movies a little bit 
because they always just yeah, seem dry to me. Unless they're animated. <laughs> yeah, unless they feature vegetables that, that talk and yeah. sing. <laughs> that's the funny thing. This is like the least dry one. It's like super grand, weirdly horny, and like a lot of fun. Well, now I'm in. Okay, now... <laughs> well, Anne Bancroft from All About Eve, like, every scene, it looks like she's trying to bang you with her eyes. <laughs> yeah, but And everybody, yeah, everybody, like, plays to the 10th row, and it works perfectly. That's like, so weird, Charlton though. Heston's all out. Uh, Yule Brenner is amazing. Please tell me he's he, he's Ramsey's. Yep, he's Ramsey's. That makes sense. <clears throat> he's so good. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing classics in the theater. I saw 2001 in IMAX... Which was amazing. Um, I saw Hateful Eight in seventy millimeter, which isn't a classic, but I got to see something in seventy millimeter that was shot on seventy millimeter. Mm-hmm. But and then I think we're gonna see probably more of those kind of events at movie theaters coming up pretty soon because there's still not a lot coming out. Yeah, they well, that's why I was kind of why I was kind of curious of how many people were actually in the theater with them because I mean I remember when Tank came out and I was like the only one in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. People going now, I think. Because yeah, even it's... my tenant screening too, like this, I feel like this had just as many people as my tenant screening opening weekend here. Yeah, yeah it's expanding. It's, I, I mean, Kong Skull on the time of this recording has just come out. It's killing it internationally. It's probably going to kill it domestically. Like, like the the, the reports that are coming out are are saying it's going to be huge. Fears might actually be back. As much as people were worried that they wouldn't be, they might actually be. I'm looking, I'm looking right now at every single at the Universal AMC uh, at CityWalk. Uh, every single Showtime is sold out. For Kong? Yeah. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be huge, which is amazing because the last one did not do that great. So. Well, it'll also be interesting. Consider well, it's also there's nothing new coming out but that, but. Also, there's also, I'm sure, seat restrictions on how many people can actually be in there. Yeah, but those will expand pretty soon. Yeah, next week, LA will go to, to 50%. Uh, I, anyway, we're getting off topic. I guess they, they even added showtimes for Ten Commandments, so go see it if it's screening near you. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and we'll be talking more about Kong v. Godzilla later in this episode and also next week as well. Um, but I'm going to move on to my choice. Now, I, I'm going to talk about what I watched. I'm going to talk about what I played. Because for some reason, I can't really tell you why. I don't, I don't know why, really. I decided to, to play uh, Marvel's Avengers for PS4. It's, it's the new Avengers game developed by Crystal Dynamics with Square Enix. And, I mean, this game is pretty controversial, I think its its struggles are pretty well known at the, at this point in time. Uh, the the game, of course, you play as the Avengers, but if you played games like Destiny or any real modern AAA game, the the the, the, the game is ruined by microtransactions and just random poor business practices and very consumer unfriendly tactics. Now, here's the thing. The, the core gameplay, I actually really enjoy it. I actually like a lot of what the game tries to do. I and, and the campaign as well, actually a really good story. It tells the story of, of a world where the Avengers lose. And they have to go underground and and try and kind of build back. Like basically the bad guys take over not just the world, but also public opinion. Which I think 
the Marvel movies haven't really explored that, which I, I think that's a super compelling is what if they fail and they lose the love of the people? And it's about them coming back, but they're almost as villains. But this campaign is ruined by random need to grind. So you're playing large hours to, to actually advance through 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 the campaign, and the fact that the Avengers are not the lead. This is something that, that Square Enix has hid for for months before the game came out, which was that Kamala Khan, other known as Miss Marvel, is the actual lead of the game, not the Avengers. They hid that on the announcement. She was not confirming that's me, and slowly kind of revealed, like, because like, oh, she's in the game. Oh, that that's cool. Oh, she's the lead of the story mode. Oh, that's not great. Oh, you always have to play as her. Oh, this this is not, this is not what I was told this was going to be. And she's and half the people go who? <laughs> exactly, and she's so annoying, and she's not a good protagonist. And that you just you just you want her to shut up because she because she always talks. She talks so much. And the jokes she makes are not great. It's they're trying so hard to appeal to young people and millennials. They just they just don't get what we actually want from a game. And, and, that's, and that's always the problem with these writers writing like kids. It's like they never understand them, and it's always <laughs> they always come off as annoying sidekicks. And you're like, can we kill them? Well, and a lot of the big moments of the story you don't see because, like I said, the main plot is the Avengers feeling having to 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 rebuild. Well, the big moment in the story, which I'm gonna spoil because I don't really care. No one, no one listening is gonna gonna actually play this game. No, I'm not gonna play it. One of the big moments of of the story early on is that Bruce Banner, who's the Hulk, testifies at at Congress against the Avengers. That's a big moment. Except you don't see that. It's. <laughs> It's pushed back into a motion comic cutscene that glosses over when the game condenses five years of in-game storytelling. It's this big moment that literally is what broke the Avengers apart. Is 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 Bruce Banner turning on them, and you don't actually see it in the game. <laughs> so part of the part of that you you, you you have the grinding that ruins actually solid beat 'em up gameplay. You, you, you have a DLC strategy that's not going to freaking work because no one is playing this game. Like, like the player base, I think even four months ago on PC was like a thousand players at one time, which is nothing. And so, so, so no one's playing this game. Basically, the bulk of this game is going to be DLC story modes that come out every three or four months or so. So they're not going to get to to where... To, to what they, they all announced because no one's playing the game. They're missing out because the first DLC character was Kate Bishop, who's the female Hawkeye, who nobody knows. And the second character was Clint Barton Hawkeye. Well, you have two Hawkeyes who play arguably pretty much the same, apart from a, diff- from a couple different things here and there, as the two main DLC characters. You have Spider-Man, who's only coming out to, to, to PlayStation, which is great for me, but of course pissed off everyone who doesn't have a, have a PlayStation console. Now I will say, people complaining about the fact that the, that the characters don't look like the MCU characters are really glossing over the actual issues of the game to find the stupid reason to hate the game. Like, oh, well, I- Iron Man's a Robert Downey Dun- Jr. Well, of course he's not! <laughs> <laughs> Who goes into a video game? It, it's not based on any of the Marvel movies, so why would it matter? It's just like the Arkham games. It's not based off of um, Michael Keaton or Christian Bale's Batman. The these characters or, or exist apart from the movies. 
I mean, at least we're like in the old Spider-Man two uh, PS2 game. It's like they were basing it off the Sam Raimi movie that came out. So they based them, they designed the characters mm-hmm. to look like them. But 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 it says Avengers, so it should be on the Avengers. These aren't the Avengers. These are the Aldi brand Avengers. Oh come on! <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not great, but of all the, I remember the designs weren't great at all. When I remember like, but it's like, oh well. And you got, I'm, I remember you were gonna get gear that you could change their outfits. So I mean, what's the big deal? The gear does not change their outfits. They lied. You have to pay for the cosmetic upgrades and pay for each costume individually, or buy a battle pass for each individual character. Hmm. Okay, never mind. Which which is a whole other can of worms of right of of games charging you full price. Obviously, I didn't pay full price for this because I I wouldn't dare. But but you have games initially charging sixty bucks that in order to actually unlock the full game, you have to pay exorbitant amounts of money to add to actually get what you what you're paying for, and that's BS. At least the Avengers is doing the right thing and giving the story content for for free, but it doesn't really excuse them of of the other nonsense that they're doing okay rant over if anyone has any other comments we can talk about it but i made my piece i'm not, lo- I'm not looking i don't think i'll ever play this game <laughs> and, that, and that's yeah. a bad thing too right is like this game is like it's all like payday 2 where it's supposed to be about about you and your friends becoming the avengers and going on like and going like rpg style raids and being like heroes t- together the problem is is no one's friends like if you buy this game your friends don't have it <laughs> your friends aren't going to play it with you and the fact that if your friends did buy it you have to play so much of it just to be able to actually go on and play multiplayer because so much of it is based on that gear crap that you actually have to level up your your, your character quite a bit and play through the campaign so, 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 so you're talking hours before you can even play online with your friends that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's not worth it for a game that looked like it was like a PS3 last generation game. Yeah, the best game of 2009. Basically, I'm like, this looks like it should. It. I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, this looks like it should have came out with Batman Arkham Asylum. And you and you're not wrong. You you were not wrong. It's an ambitious game that fell on its face. Uh, do not play it unless you're really into Marvel or it's super cheap. But that's all I have to say, Justin, if you want to go. All right. Since you're talking about video games, I might as well bring up a video game that I played not too long ago, and that's Spider-Man Miles Morales, the sort of sequel game to splash spin-off game to Spider-Man PS4 from Insomniac Games. This this game is probably loads better than what you played, David. Uh, probably. I don't doubt uh, it. it. It's basically... I mean, you get the same mechanics as Spider-Man PS4, but they change things up to make Miles feel more like his own character, which I really appreciated. Um, basically, it's Peter is going on a vacation, a work vacation with Mary Jane to somewhere in Africa, I believe, and he's leaving the town in uh, New York and uh, under the protection of Miles Morales, and he's having a hard time coming up with like I have to be Peter and he's just slowly develops and finds his own way of doing things. The game is basically the same like same setup everything fighting crime going on missions helping out um, people around the city it's a smaller game it's kind of like uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy where it's a it's a 
it's a good story. It's just it's not as long as the regular ones are. But how long is it? Um, how long do you say? How long do you think this first Spider-Man one is? That one's like at least twenty hours. I would I would say. Yeah, I think I th- I can't remember how much I put into it, but it was over that I think. I'd say maybe ten, twelve. That's not bad. I mean, they're not charging full price for it unless you buy the first game with it. Yeah, but I mean, same same premises and everything, and new characters. That's about all I got. I don't I don't want to spoil it because I know it just came out not too long ago. Yeah, and I haven't played it yet. I I should. I don't know why my brain is stupid and decided to play Avengers before Miles Morales. You probably made the right choice because now this game will just. Blow no, you away. No, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No choice True. involves playing yeah, that game. The choice, the right choice was not to play the Avengers to begin with. Yeah, that, that's the right choice. I, I've mostly just been hanging on on like Game Pass and until the price drops for that. But I definitely want to play it. I really enjoyed the first game. It's so good. Yeah, they got, they got as, some as a Raimi cool, stand. They got some what cool suits for Miles as well. It takes place during like winter break, and, and you actually kind of they do a good job making the city feel cold and everything and it it's the same Snow but all games are automatically different. better yes does it make your <laughs> this is just true does it, does it make your game console like is the reason why it makes you feel like it's cold is it makes your game console go and like blow a bunch of air out because <laughs> <laughs> it's that powerful much. <laughs> i mean i'll, I'll play it's that on eventually. the ps4 because ps5 you gotta be like know someone have it already <laughs> I mean, I'll get it eventually. I, I love the first Spider-Man game. I think we all played it, right? Right. Yeah. Yes, we all played it. It's it. I, I didn't love it until like about like the back half, and when it becomes like something completely different. Well, the cool thing about this one is is you kind of learn to become Spider-Man, a different kind of Spider-Man with Miles, where you didn't get that with um, the Peter Parker one, considering he's been Spider-Man That's for so long. This is kind of the beginning one that you get to skip essentially for the first game it's really cool that they're giving miles morales his due because i was never a big fan of the character until i saw spider-verse or i guess i say into the spider-verse the animated movie mm-hmm. um i think they did him really well in that because he is a good character where if you get the mentorship with as peter mentoring him you actually get some really good story content that's one thing that's interesting about this series is we actually get to see him mentored and not just hey the other one died so he's in charge mm-hmm. but uh the prowler's in here does he does, does oh. it it's it like the movie every, every time does he when he comes on screen does it go like <laughs> you get like really get really angry noises at you no unfortunately not and probably the hardest thing playing this game because peter is in it for a little bit but it's just the new face is like <laughs> i went from scott spider-man ps4 because i played it right before this one came out <laughs> and then you go to this and you're like what have they done yeah for, yeah, for, for people who don't know uh in between th- spider-man spider-man ps4 came out in 2018 this game and the remaster of that game came out six months ago six eight months ago and they redid the face model for peter parker and he looks like a like a baby it's a it's pretty scary it looks terrible yeah it's a really bad decision that they made anyways that's all i got to say about the movie the game 
Okay. Well, with that, we'll move on to our main topic of today's show, which is movies that fool us. So, you know, we all go to a movie, we see a trailer, we go, oh, that looks good. And we've all been burned where we think a movie that looks good or even like looks interesting is something completely different than what we expected. Um, so I guess as an example about this, we're, I'm going to jump right into it with one movie which I think was was big. I think disappointed a lot of people, and I think a lot of people felt like they 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 were, they were cheated. And that's Suicide Squad. I'm not talking about the upcoming James Gunn one. I'm talking about the 2016 one, d- directed in quotes by David Ayer, <laughs> starring Will Smith, Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, Jared Leto, Jared, Jared Leto, unfortunately. <laughs> and and Jai Courtney in, in like his best role in like the past hey. eight years. In movies. That's, okay. I don't want to hear yeah. your Rome or Spartacus or whatever talk. Whatever we're going to say. <laughs> He's a good side character yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just when they push him into the lead, it's like, no. Bad. But Suicide by David Ayer at gunpoint. <laughs> well, Suicide Squad, uh, for, people, for people that haven't really seen a lot of it, uh, it came out, like a year before it came out, they released a trailer at Comic-Con that showed off this super dark, brooding, very Zack Snyder-esque movie where it's like this super like dramatic action sequences set to like this very melodramatic remix of I Started a Joke by the Bee Gees. Everybody was like, oh shit, here we go again. It didn't look bad, <laughs> in my opinion. In my opinion, it did not look bad. No. Um, it actually looked quite interesting. And then... A few months later, movie's coming out. We get the first like official official trailer because the Comic Con one only was released publicly because it got leaked. It wasn't actually supposed to be released online; it just got leaked, so they put it online. Um, which, which is what happens at Comic Con yeah. all the time. Yep, it always happens. But eventually, we got the official trailer, which is the most famous one. It was actually a pretty popular trailer, which is set That's to Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, and. To me, that trailer was not a bad trailer. But it's when I was starting to see the wheels come off. Because around this time, we were starting to get the rumors that a lot of the movie was being reshot. And I saw the first comic trailer. I'm like, this doesn't look like the, the same movie. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And then we got the third trailer, which is set to Ballroom Blitz. And that's when people realized we had a completely different movie on, on our hands from what we were told. But there were still people. That thought that we were going to be getting this dark, brooding movie. Um, I wasn't one of them because I, I guess I have the writing on the wall, basically, with the marketing. Well, it also goes just it goes to show you, whenever a movie tra- trailer has Bohemian Rhapsody in it, you automatically have to just <laughs> run. Take it with it. It probably won't be good because I mean, how many? T- I mean, the Bohemian Rhapsody made uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie look good. <laughs> <laughs> like any trailer that has Bohemian Rhapsody, it makes the movie look better than it actually is. That's a good point. How do we get people to line up for our bad movie? Uh, Queen! <laughs> you guys love Queen! <laughs> but but, but the- I, th- I think even with that trailer, what people started to expect is uh, to an extent what it seems like we're getting with the James Gunn one, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't that either. Like, the movie's not fun either. No, it's not. <clears throat> no. And it looks like fun, snappy. Like, that's that's the vibe you get if you use a, a Queen song in the trailer, and it's like the vibe we're getting from the James Gunn one, but we didn't really get that either. <laughs> no, we got this weird mix it's of both. Frankenstein monster. 
because you, because you, because you're right. You, you had the two camps of people. You had those that were expecting and wanting a dark, brooding Snyder-esque movie, and those that I were wanting, expecting the the super fun, not only MCU-ish, but kind of along that vein of like they're the bad guys, but they're being good guys, and they're going pew pew pew, and they shoot people now, <laughs> but they're also saving what the I, day. And we got this weird mix of both that did not work at all, and pissed off both sides really badly. What I really wanted, I kind of wanted a darker movie, but I also wanted it to be like had like some dark comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also were basically showing off the Joker a lot when the Joker really isn't in the movie at all. They should have never showed him in the trailer. I mean, you think this is going to be them going after the Joker, and it's not even that. And, and most of the scenes involving the involving the Joker aren't even in the freaking movie. Yeah. Yeah, cut because he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that like wow. <laughs> this is also one of the worst edited movies ever. It's it's terrible. It's what happens when you get a trailer company to edit your movie. <laughs> it's like what it's like every major plot scene. Like you know what's coming because all of a sudden you hear like the first three bars of like some popular pop song pop up like oh montage time and sure enough every 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 like five or six minutes we get some weird montage scene set to some snappy song. Especially when we're introducing all our characters. Oh yeah, the one that always gets me that first Joker scene is like one of the. Worst butchered in editing scenes I've ever seen. Like it's impossible to know what's happening. Like it's just cutting all over the place. Is that the one where where he shoots the tattooed man for no reason? Yeah, that's part of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like four scenes in that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess of a movie that you could see the behind the scenes issues in the in the trailer, but we got a movie that I don't think anyone was really expecting or wanted. I think that's the core issue. But hopefully, if James Gunn does right by us, his story looks like it is going to be the yeah, one the that we want this humor. one to, to be. It's, yeah. The humor certainly seems like that, that right dark humor balance, you know. And we're going to get the gore and the violence, but also the, the fun. Yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> I love that James Gunn talked crap about that because he's like, you people realize he's a serial killer, right? Like, I've been making jokes and you love him, but he's a serial killer who eats people, right? <laughs> you, you, you all know this. And, no, they don't know this because, you know, have to like when the first Suicide Squad came out, everyone's like, oh, I want my relation to be shipped to be like Joker and Harley Quinn. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Like I, that just how, how popular that became. It's like, have you seen the show at all like like they made an episode for kids about this that 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 scarred me for life like 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 do oh, not so like do not all the hot topic people that are like i want to be joker and harley no no women run. i don't think you know what you're saying but yeah but yeah suicide Su- 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 squad not a good movie misleading movie for sure but I think another egregious example of this, I think for our friend group, I don't think many people know what this movie is, but I think it's a pretty egregious example for us, is Fat Man. Just by explaining what the plot description is and then contrasting that to what actually happens. Yeah, so so, <laughs> look, so Fat Man... The poster. <laughs> so, so Fat Man is about Mel Gibson... As Santa Claus, 
but like this angry, bitter old Santa who is just who's just like has locked gone. away in his shelf or his toy shop. Not really explained why, but he's like this angry, pissed off Santa who's being hunted by a hitman played by Walton Goggins, who's been hired to kill Santa by a by a by a, by a boy who got coal. And the trailer for this movie and what they're saying looked like it was going to be this crazy, funny, dark action movie that looked super fun. Um, it looked like we were going to get Mel Gibson being crazy, violent Santa fighting Walton Goggins, who is great in everything. And we saw this movie all, t- t- all t- together over a group chat to celebrate Christmas. And oh my God. I don't want to speak for you guys, but that might have been one of the, one of the most boring, slow-paced movies I've ever seen. It is not the fast-paced action comedy. <laughs> it is like a melancholy drama. Yeah. Yeah, like what the hell? It's like – and 50% of this movie is legit nothing happening. I'm not talking about like when stupid people say that when there's actually character development happening. No, like half of this movie is like watching Walton Goggins drive and shop and like <laughs> – on the way to find Santa interacting with no one and just literally like buying clothes. Like literally during the movie, right when right before the action showed up, I literally fell asleep. That was the funny so so for context, to set up the funniest moment was we were watching this movie. I just hear over my headset this slow and that go oh, actually like, ah, what the hell is that? I don't know. I go, wait. That's Justin snoring into a hot mic. He's asleep right now. We're we're getting to the climax, and he's sleeping. I've never seen that, but I had that happen in a ch- like a chat before. But it was no, but it was pretty funny. It was a, it was funnier than the movie itself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I was asleep. It's amazing. It's amazing how slow this movie was, and it's only an hour and forty minutes. And the trailer makes you think like it's gonna be this fun action romp, but then you see the movie and it takes itself way too seriously. Like, look, look, the trailer knew the movie that we wanted, but also yeah. knew that that's not the movie that we actually got. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, make it look good, make it make it look snappy. When it's, I mean, that's an excruciating hour forty. Like, and, and I wasn't expecting a masterpiece. I was expecting some fun though. Yeah, I wanted a fun time. Yeah, well, when all you're expecting is stupid fun and you can't get that, that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, movies, not great. Do not watch it unless you really just, I don't know, want to be bored for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it had some great potential and it's just like it wasted all of it. Well, it's you one of those, it's all those movies that. To take a nap. <laughs> we go take like, a nap, have a sleep. Wanna, if you want to take a nap, turn this movie on. Well, it's one of those movies to me that feels like it might have been made as like a, a money laundering scheme because it costs like $15 million and there's no way they spent that on this movie. There's no way. And this all went to Gibson and Goggins. There's no way. They're, they don't do anything. They just go, they just sit and talk in rooms for an hour and 40 minutes. Nothing happens. And the random military people. Yeah, yeah like there's nothing, there. there's nothing to spend money on. In this movie, there's like no visual effects. There's like no action. So yeah, there's something up with that. Because I, I, hell, we could make this movie probably better. Um, we put some crappy seat, uh, after effects in there. Something so yeah. make it look somewhat better. <laughs> so yeah, don't be us. Don't 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 watch a trailer trailer for that movie and think it's gonna gonna gonna, gonna be great because it's not. And we were even drunk. We didn't even have a, have a good time. 
that's when you know it's bad. Now, I'm going to move to us to a crazy example of this phenomenon. One, one that I think just confused the hell out of people more so than a lot of these movies did. And that's Hangover 3. Where's the Hangover Part 3? Whatever it's called. Whatever, um, yeah, whatever. Bullshit title. Part 3. Um, Alex, I want you to take the lead on this one because the way you, you describe this movie always makes me laugh my ass off. So, so yeah, I want, I'll let you take the lead on this one. The, the second, the first half is like, it's okay. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's certainly different and, and probably a bit fresher than Hangover 2. And the, and the trailers it. kind of pitched it as like, as like Hangover Part 2-ish, like comedy-wise. Yeah, and like John Goodman's in it, and they featured him heavily in the trailer. And I mean, I'm going to spoil this movie because you should never watch it. Um, then halfway through, they shoot John Goodman in the head. Randomly, like this has been a comedy the whole time. They just blow his brains out, and then the second half, it be- it basically becomes Joker. <laughs> it basically becomes the Todd Phillips that we have now. It's like it becomes like an action movie, like and, and uh, uh, the. Uh, you know the comedic, re- the heavy comedic relief character from, uh, you know, the first two films, uh, is Mr. Chow Ken Jeong, right? His character, and he basically is like we live in a society as he's parachuting from the sky and killing people, and I don't understand what happened. You're just watching them parachute down the Vegas Strip, like trying to stop his violent mayhem, and you're, and that's the moment where I went. How did I get here? What happened? You have a beautiful it's one of life. One of the bizarre movies I've ever seen. In a beautiful you house. That song. You ask yourself, how did, how did I, I get, get here? here? <laughs> I mean, I saw it's this. True. I saw this movie at a hotel, and I, and, and I was like half asleep. But I remember about two thirds in, going, I haven't laughed in a long time. But I also don't think I'm supposed to be laughing at this. That's the crazy thing. I'm like, really confused. Even trying to be funny. It becomes like a serious, dark action movie. But of course, it, it's terrible at being that. But like, that's what it's... Because it's also to be. trying saw, to be The Hangover. Yeah, I saw this in theaters. Because like, it's trying to be The Hangover as a dark action movie. Yeah, it's bizarre. And it doesn't work. Dentist, you know, climbing down a rooftop to infiltrate and 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 kill uh, Ken Jeong's character. Well, wasn't that wasn't the complaint about Hangover Two, right? Like that was the the, the 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 complaint was it was too much like Hangover Part One because it wasn't the same freaking movie. Yeah, yeah it was it, the same it, movie just it. change it up a little bit. And Todd was like, okay, fine. I'll give you something different, and you're like, everyone's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's not what we had in mind. Hey, your movie just copied another movie. Okay, here's a dark movie. A dark, disturbing, weird action blend. That really, again, it previews what, what Todd Phillips is now, really. It's much more poorly made, but it, it previews that because it takes it like starts to take itself seriously and get weirdly dark. <clears throat> yeah, it it's not great. And just like at the drop of a hat, it, ju- it just... It just becomes that. I'm not even a big fan of the first Hangover. Like I, I like it, but it's one of those movies that was quoted to death before I ever could watch it. So yeah, yeah. yeah I was when I would have been one of those people quoting it to death. I saw it like the first weekend or two. <laughs> but like, so I, I didn't get the hype because I, you know, had seen the movie before I saw the movie. Yeah. 
But the second one was disappointing. But the third one is just nonsense. It's, well, it's insane. Well, it's also funny because they're trying to retcon the first one, too, with having Black Doug in here. And it's like, oh, yeah, he was a drug dealer. Not a drug dealer, but uh, he was looking for Chow the entire time. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. They, try, they like, <laughs> make this weird, like, plot, like, around Chow. It, the whole thing is nuts. Like... Well, and it, and it's this because it happens a lot with with these movies where we we have a side character that gets really popular and they make him into the main character, which is like Chow was popular, so right, so Chow has to be the focus. Yeah, but then Chow becomes like this dark, insane, like Joker figure. It's like what he was like, literally just comic relief. The first movie, his whole premise. And being there was a joke. He was this tiny Asian man that pops out of their trunk, attacks him and runs away. Turns out he's an organized crime. And they basically matered him, like like with Mater in Cars 2, into like this weird action movie hero villain type, which, which the character can't sustain because it's not a main character. The character doesn't have enough substance to support that. And eventually he's going to get annoying. That too. And also, why? I think the answer was, why not? Money. Because this movie yeah, will gross. That's how we get the Todd Phillips we have now. In case you're wondering, where people were like shocked that he made Joker. You know, like it or dislike it. All of us dislike it. But like, you know. How did that happen? You literally watched it happen in Hangover 3 if you saw the movie. You literally see it halfway through the movie. <laughs> like, him becoming, like, uh, what he is, you know, doing the stuff he does now. Like, you literally see it happen halfway through that movie. Well, and and, and you see it happen. Like, like the fan response for Hangover 3, I think, re- reflects that. I mean, you look at the box office total. Hangover made 400 67 million dollars Hangover Part 2 made 580 million dollars and Part 3 made 360 million dollars and that's only because of the other two (laughs) yeah we saw an opening weekend or two because I I remember it had a good open and then yeah nobody nobody else watched it because it was terrible well even from the trailers I remember watching it I'm like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of jokes but okay I was like, eh, John Goodman. I mean, that that's got to be good, right? Oh, nope. They underuse him and then kill him. Okay. They just made too many of those movies too damn fast. I, I mean, three movies within four years. Well, I think they were trying to get it all done because Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis' star power was starting to rise. They're like, well, we need yeah. to do this now before we can't get him back. Do you remember and when they tried to make happen? Do you, do you remember when they tried to make Ed Helms a thing? <laughs> yeah. The office tried. Now he's gone, basically. Rest in peace, Ed Helms. <laughs> Moment of silence for Ed Helms. <laughs> in his career. But yeah. Hangover Part 3. Comedy turned oh. psychological thriller for some reason. I used to think my life was a comedy. Then I realized it's a tragedy. So we're going to do a bunch of like rapid fire movies now. Do a bunch that we can think of. Um, the big one we have to uh, to address, which is the one that everyone knows when we talk about these kind of movies, is Iron Man three, and the reveal that the Mandarin isn't the actual Mandarin; he's an actor. Um, and how much, how little Iron Man is is in the Iron Man movie? 
<laughs> I mean, that's not that's not the, that's a good point. It's not, it's not the part that everyone gets mad about, but that that is a right thing that happens. That is a point. Good point. <laughs> it's all very misleading. I mean, I mean, the Mandarin thing is the big one. Just just because everyone's like, oh my god, Ben Kingsley's the Mandarin. Like that that's a really big casting, and then it tur- well, that turned it into a joke. Yeah, I it, think it is a joke. Partly the I think that's partly the reason is like you got Ben's. Kingsley to do this and you wasted yeah, what what a waste like, of an actor of that level I think like, had you gotten like maybe a smaller known not so known named actor to do it it probably wouldn't have gone over so bad probably still would have gone over bad but not nearly as bad right you, you got an Oscar winning actor like use him mm-hmm. well and again it goes back to the fact that MCU other than a couple like three maybe the villains suck and they yeah. miscast big actors all the time. That too. It's a, it's a serious problem that they have. They have lame villains. Because then it's revealed that the actual villain is Adrian Killian, who just... Who isn't... Who wasn't even supposed to be lame. the villain. It was supposed to be Rebecca Hall's character. But but they, but they made it Killian because Marvel didn't think a female villain would actually sell. Ouch. I mean... That's an oof. <laughs> big time. Because the comic is... Also, Rebecca Hall's character in the comic is the villain of that storyline. Also, this is the beginning of the Tony Stark cut me off at Chipotle. He <laughs> <laughs> literally becomes a villain because he doesn't talk to him at, like, a rooftop party. Like, wow. Or, like, he cuts him off in the elevator, whatever he did. It was something really stupid. No, you had it right the first time. He was supposed to make have a meeting with him on the oh, roof. Oh yeah, and, and he's not, and he doesn't show up. Or Tony Stark's, <laughs> or Tony Stark said he would meet him there, and he went there, and Tony Stark never showed up because he was too busy banging Rebecca Hall. But yeah, like he, he's just like uh, just because he doesn't show up at the rooftop, like he he uh, becomes a villain. Like it, it's as ridiculous as you know uh, the character in Wonder Woman eighty four wetting the bed, so he becomes a villain. Like. <laughs> But the whole MCU Tony Stark thing, like, we joke about the Chipotle thing, but, like, honestly, I, I'm half expecting that to happen well, in one and, of these Well, movies. you have some good – like, and, and the Mandarin that they built up in that movie as, like, the guy, the anti-imperialist terrorist who is going after Tony Stark for, for being a, a, a weapons maker is actually an interesting plot that – the movie yeah. completely ignores for throws away for standard you know, blockbuster nonsense. How well that would have tied into the first movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. But it's in the Middle East for like half the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't even tie that in because they're planning on making it all a joke anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, None of think- it matters. So what's so, so what's why bother trying? Yeah. Well, wasn't this the time where they were having some upper management problems that where they were arguing all the time about what they should do. Yeah, this was about the time that the creative council and a bunch of the heads of Marvel eventually fell apart and left the studio. That that's partially why Rebecca Hall was removed as the main villain was was because they didn't want it. And and that was their MO. The the their MO at the at the time was all white male heroes. Um no Black Panther, no um, Captain Marvel, no, no, any of that. And Kevin Feige fought for a long time to get them to change that. I mean, Inhumans only exist in MCU as a TV show because one exec wanted to spite Fox with the X Men. <laughs> and it's a shame that Iron Man three kind of became a victim of of this of this battle. It's also a bad 
<laughs> it's also the, the weird China Java. only Iron Man three version that I I, I want to see. The other problem is Shane Black, and as much as I love him, he can't seem to direct a big budget movie to save his ass. It's it's not a good fit for him. I think he did it because like because him and Robert Downey Jr. you know they have that connection from mm-hmm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang stuff like that. So like they you know like each other, but I I don't think he's a good fit. As much as I I love his his buddy cop stuff, I don't I don't think that was a good fit doing a studio project like that. No. Now, this is a random one that I don't think people are going to know what we're talking about until we explain it a little bit. But our next film we're talking about for misleading is Batman Hush. Now, for people that don't know, Batman Hush is a comic storyline from Batman. It's it, it got really popular in the, in the early 2000s. It was written by Jeff Loeb with art by Jim Lee. And people saw it as like, redefining the character of Batman I didn't really think that yeah I know (laughs) but it's a good story it's it's solid I just I don't I think it's overrated because it's got some big issues and DC it was a nice addition yeah and DC recently has been of course making their animated movies which which if you haven't watched them they're actually pretty good adaptations for the most part Uh, stuff like Batman Year One Dark Knight Returns uh, the Red Sun one is not very good, but that's cannot, really not good for the same issues Batman Hush has. So most of these movies have been direct adaptations of the comic storylines. And you and I'm going to spoil Batman Hush because it's possible to talk about Batman Hush without um, spoiling it. So skip ahead. If, if you actually want to read the book or watch the movie, don't watch the movie. But if you want to, <laughs> don't 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 keep listening for a little bit. But is the whole fact there's this mysterious Batman villain who's going after Bruce Wayne, going after Batman, and it's revealed to be Bruce Wayne's best friend, Tommy Elliot. Which is pretty obvious because it keeps showing you these random flashbacks of him. <laughs> but there's also the big r- 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 reveal at the end that the Riddler is also basically behind Hush. He, he's been orchestrating at the time the Riddler was a, was a, was a C-list villain and then he turns out he's actually this big mastermind with all these other villains that show up and te- kid slash teen me was kind of blown away by it adult me rolls my eyes um, <laughs> but in the movie so so me and Justin have seen the movie and of course we watch it expecting Batman Hush the, the end climax reveals that not only is Riddler behind the event of the story, Riddler is Hush himself. And it makes no sense because the movie up to this point runs almost exactly like the comic. So it builds up Tommy Elliot as a character and then whoop, Riddler is actually the villain without any explanation except a bunch of like thrown in last minute quick exposition to, to, to justify their own laziness. And we were subver- subverting your expectations, which I like, but you don't subvert your expectations when you're directly adapting something, especially to this point. It had been pretty much exactly the same thing, except for it was missing some of the, the flashback scenes. And, and and it was it was faithful for good and bad. Like, I know that I think the part that Alex, I think you hate the most from that storyline is the Superman fight. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't make any, I, I hate that part. It doesn't make any sense. It's just there to go, hey, you guys know Superman? Yeah, I, I do. Why is he in my freaking Batman story? Oh, no reason. Just worse, just saying hi. Okay. He's just here so we can throw Lois off a building. <laughs> 
it have Rain Wilson's really bad Lex Luthor performance. Yes. But yeah, so this is a smaller movie. No one's probably seen it. But as a Batman fan, to see them do Hush that way, you know, it, it, I'm not in love with that storyline. It it wrecks what's honestly a decent movie, and 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 it kills like Jeffrey Arend has a really good Riddler performance that's ruined by just the sheer stupidity of everything that's happening on screen. Because Hush's face, when when Riddler becomes Hush, uh, he has a giant like question mark stitched into his forehead. <laughs> And it just, it looks hilarious. Hey, I had brain cancer and they did some operations. When you do the stitching, can you make it look like a question mark? Can you you make a big smiley face right my fucking head? Right damaged on my forehead. (laughs) You know? know? (laughs) But yeah, I I love Batman animated cartoons. I love Warner Bros. animation. I love all DC's been doing with these animations. Not necessarily as much recently. Please don't mess up yeah, on Halloween. Oh my god. But this is one of probably the what what should have been their best the best one that they did of these new universe movies where they've been dead in some storylines. This should have been the best one, and it's probably the worst. Yeah. Be- be- because they caught Batman Hush and they didn't do Batman Hush. They didn't do Hush. It's basically a Riddler movie. And that's a problem, right? Like, I've heard this from people that don't read comics all the time, which is you're just a comic fanboy. You're, you're, you're just, you know, you're, 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 you're a purist, right? That's the word they like to use. You're, but you're, the problem you're, is you're, you're fundamentally changing the character of Hush. Well, and that's not, that's not my big issue. I mean, change, changing Hush sucks. You know, I'm not a big fan of Hush. So really do what you want with him. I, I, don't, I don't care. The issue with that is, like, yeah, yeah like, I expect things to be changed when I say comic, 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 comic book movie. However, when you are directly adapting a specific storyline and you say you're adapting the storyline and you're trying to be faithful to a specific storyline, I expect you to follow the storyline. Also, if you're going to change it, you should make it good. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my suggestion. Don't make it nonsense like Riddler being hush is nonsense it is it, like, it, it changes nothing but ruins everything yeah that that's that's bs but our next movie is a fun one that i think tricked all of us as kids and that's kangaroo jack <laughs> <laughs> because that I, movie's I was marketing we wouldn't come to this but here here we are because that movie's marketing now marketed all- as like a movie about a fun talking kangaroo with a sweatshirt that wraps and that is not what the movie is at Oh, like a weird mob drama <laughs> thing that also has really cringy kangaroo rapping. But like the real the kangaroo in the movie doesn't even talk. It's like a hallucination, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not real. It's like what am I watching? It's yeah, did they have like cactus juice or something, or just from being in the sun too long? You mean peyote? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, it was something like that. Well, because I was supposed to. I've a long time. I tried to purge this from my memory, but that rap is, is seared into my brain, unfortunately. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever actually proved this. I've tried to. I don't think I've actually proved this, but I think that this movie was supposed to be an, an adult movie that they re edited and reshot into a kid's movie. It is. I think it literally is. Like, that's, that's I, how it comes across. I, that is the story behind it. 
Because it's yeah. supposed to be some stoner comedy. Initially, the film was titled Down and Under and was shot as an R-rated mob comedy in the style of Midnight Run. Keyword, and was shot as an R-rated mob, <laughs> in mob comedy. <laughs> However, when the film producers saw the rough cut, it didn't work as expected, so they put in more kangaroo. And it doesn't work then, either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's more insane Kangaroo Jack the movie or the really bizarre direct-to-video animated sequel that everyone watched on Cartoon Network when they were sick at their grandma's house <laughs> definitely the sequel That's because you go from a live action to all of a sudden it's like uh, animated movie and they reference stuff that happens in the first movie I mean I mean you know, everyone's saying hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Can we, can we get a hashtag release the R Cut of Kangaroo Jack? <laughs> it's just going to be some, it's some generic ass movie, probably. And the Scooby Doo one, too. Yeah, and that. Well, well you can read that online, uh, Judge, uh, Justin. I, I can't send you a copy of that script. So just, you know, I cannot. I cannot send you that. <laughs> so, so just let me know if you ever want me to not send you it, because I, I, I. Okay. Christopher Walken was in this movie. <laughs> I'm look. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at the sequel, and Ahmad Best is in the sequel. Did you know? <laughs> did, did he play the kangaroo? Misa, Misa no, he plays Lewis Booker. It's the kangaroo. Did you know that one of the writers of Venom was the one of the writers of Kangaroo Jack? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> God, this movie's. I'm looking at the poster of Kangaroo Jack right now, and, I'm, and I can't stop like laughing in my head. Well, the poster alone is already a freaking. Uh, how, how did this get a sixty million dollar budget? That's the real question here. Well, you were probably right. It was probably some. Yeah, they literally had money laundering the, idea. I think it's because they like how much. They changed, like they literally shot the entire movie and screened the entire R-rated mob cut, and there was one kangaroo scene, probably the hallucination one. Literally, the only scene with there was only one scene with a kangaroo, and then apparently that one tested well, so they literally reshot, added a bunch of scenes with the CGI kangaroo, and then recut it as a PG movie. So it's probably because they made two movies. I mean, it feels like they it feels like they, they did. Was this the one where they where they fart a lot, like in the style of Blazing Saddles? I think so. Because I, I remember I saw this in the theater. I'm not proud of that fact. I should probably I yell at my mom next time I see her for taking <laughs> me to, to see this movie. Like, what the what is wrong with you? That's right. I had Anthony Anderson. Again, fat fat Anthony Anderson. It's like a different person back then. Yeah. And Again, Michael like, Shannon. I don't remember much of this, but I do remember seeing it. I mean, me and you watched it at like 10 in the morning on Bounce TV <laughs> when we lived together. Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember why we watched it cuz I don't know nothing well, else really. We didn't have we used like a satellite dish kind of thing. I'm sure there was better things to watch than Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Everything. Maybe we wanted to see how it held up. God, this monstrosity of a movie. Now we've all had to admit that we've seen it. Oh, everyone has. Everyone from our generation has probably seen Kangaroo Jack at some point in time. Like, the, the real shame is if you like Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> then I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, Here's one that I hate. 
that is super misleading. And that was the dead don't die. And you, and I, I think Justin, I think you wanted to see it, but you didn't because specifically told you not to. Yeah, I was planning on going to see it, and you said don't. I'm like, you're like, it's not what you think it is. I'm like, okay. Because the trailer for this movie sells it as a fun, quirky zombie comedy about this massive cast. I mean, we're talking Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Selena Gomez, like a, like a bunch Chloe, of. Chloe, uh, however you say her last name, is in it too. Who? <laughs> Oh, oh, Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. Sevigny. I, I can't say it. Um, However, yeah. But it's Apologies like, for butchering, of course. But it's like portrayed as like this this movie about this town that gets attacked by by by, by zombies, um, and they have to fend them off. Like Bill Murray and Trevor are are cops trying to defend defend the town. The trailer is fantastic. It is a great trailer. I thought it was gonna be a fun, quirky black zombie movie, like like dark comedy. I was in. I was. It kind of gave me a Tucker versus Dale or Tucker and Dale versus Evil kind of. Right. Vibe. It is. It is just as slow as Fat Man. It is slow. It is boring. It's filled with weird political allegories that I didn't really understand or truly care about or get. It is so bad. It is so lame. Yeah, if you want a good horror comedy, watch Tucker Nova's Evil. Do not watch the, the, the Dead Don't Die. Watch the trailer, laugh at it for like 10 seconds, and then move on with your life. Do not actually watch the movie. And it sucks because it's Jim Jarmusch who should know better than to make a movie like this. But I feel like I feel like the movie he wanted to make was the trailer, but because of the cast he was dealing with, he, he couldn't actually make that movie because of, because of scheduling. <laughs> Because most of the big actors don't actually interact with each other. Oh, really? If they, if they do, it's briefly. For the most part, they're all on their own, and it, and that's part of the reason why it just just doesn't work. It's terrible. Do not do not watch it unless you really hate yourself and and, and really want to waste 103 minutes. Again, it's one of those films. It's like 100 minutes, but feels like it's as long as Snyder Cut. It feels like it's four hours long. Now, uh, the next movie we have is one that um, I think I think you guys put this one on here. I, I don't know if I put this one on here, but we have three billboards over Ebbing, Missouri. Well, I expected to talk about the actual issue it acts like it's about. <laughs> In- <laughs> like, the, the plot line says that she's trying to find responsibility for her daughter's rape and murder, but that becomes... It's kind of used as like a sideshow. Like, it's not really a, a core part of the story because it, it becomes so scatterbrained. It kind of gets forgotten why she's using the billboards. That's a good exactly. Point. It becomes more about the billboards in general. And about racism? Because <laughs> the, of the one cop who yeah. is like horrible and then the movie is just like, actually, he's okay now. I'm like... Um, all right. <laughs> I feel like he hasn't earned this, but okay. I should correct myself. It's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's a long title. <laughs> it is a long title. Usually, you know, that this is not long title means good movie. I, I feel like in some ways, though, Martin McDonough is the king of misleading trailers, for better or worse, because In Bruges is kind of treated like... like yeah, that, like, that's, also, like, that's also misleading, like, although ultimately I think I'm on the side of that positive because it becomes more thought-provoking yeah it's portrayed as like a dark kind of buddy comedy that becomes really dark and thought-provoking and dramatic seven psychopaths was advertised as like a quirky action comedy 
when when it went actually pretty contemplative and and pretty dramatic and dark at times. That's one of those movies that I just sat in sounds for like five minutes after I watched it. Um, I think three three billboards is worse than both those movies because yeah, you're right. I really you don't, strongly you don't, disliked it. It gets twisted, but not in a way that's actually good. It gets twisted in a way that the the the, the leaves the interesting premise of this of this woman trying to get accountability in the police department, and instead makes it more about. I mean, they make it character driven, but not in the right ways. Kind of has a lot to go. Kind of shows what's going on nowadays too. <laughs> but there are also some some good examples of this. Um, I think a good. I think the example that comes to my head when I think of like good examples of trailers that, that kind of tricked me and fooled me is Cabin in the Woods, which, which, which was marketed as like as like your standard, um, you know, um, horror movie with the teens in the cabin getting 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 getting, getting murdered, and instead was actually kind of a really good satire. I won't say what happens, but it's a it's a damn good twist. Um, another good example, Alex. You, you, I know you said Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the entire trailer essentially was the the youth camp portion, and it's like you know very comedic on that level. And not that it's not a very funny film, it is, but it's like this incredibly heartfelt coming of age, complex drama about hit, how hate is taught, and like. I did expect that to be like comedically told, but like, you know, knowing Taika, like it could have gone the Blazing Saddles route of just like, you know, ripping on it, but it takes both approaches and also becomes like this incredible emotional drama. And I did not expect that at all. Like, I did not expect the emotional power of the movie when I went to go see it. And I was very excited to see it. You expect a dark comedy about being a Nazi. And Taika dresses up as Hitler, and you're like, "Oh, this looks like fun." Then all of a sudden, he just comes in and throws some haymakers, and makes you feel kind of depressed. And you're like, "It's like, why am I crying in the theater right now? <laughs> why, why, like, Taika? Why?" It's a, it's an emotionally crushing movie that I wasn't expecting to be yeah. as emotionally crushing. Oh, even though everyone I mean, was saying prepare for that picture, and it won best screenplay because it was something much more, I think, than anyone expected. Everyone was saying to be be prepared to be crushed because because the script was posted online back when Taika thought it wasn't going to get made, and people knew mm-hmm. what was coming. I didn't read the script. I'm like, oh, you guys are full of it. It's Taika. He's like, oh nope, nope. This is sad. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know anything around that when I went to go see it. I was like, oh yay, Taika. <laughs> exactly. Um. But another good example, though, of a good one that I I love this movie, I love it. But uh, Duncan Jones's Moon. Yeah, that. I mean, I almost don't want to talk about why it's misleading because it's it would like spoil it. All I'll say, <laughs> like, all I'll say is watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer and then watch the movie. Um, if you want, I mean, you really, you really, you really should just watch the movie without watching the, the, the trailer. But if you want to be yeah, fooled and misled. Then watch the trailer. Then watch the movie because the trailer will, will pitch you one movie, and the movie, the movie will just that movie will mess with your head. And it because I think like it definitely has a big shift at, at a key structural point in the film. But I think both parts are very good. It's like oh, it starts this one way, and I'm very interested, and then it shifts, and it's like okay, I'm even more interested. I definitely didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. Now we have one but major you know, the way good sci-fi does it, you know makes you think and keeps you guessing yeah yeah it's it's super contemplative it the script for it is genius 
I'm not quite sure what happened to Duncan Jones as a director and writer. He's come terrible all of a sudden. He went the way uh, of Neil Blomkamp. But yeah, I mean, he made Warcraft. <laughs> he made Warcraft, which is <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so I'd have a. Oh, I can't really watch that movie, but but Moon is good. Watch Moon. We have we have one final movie to talk about that I think is probably the biggest example of this whole phenomenon. One that I know I think fooled all three of us. I know I for sure was, and that's the 2014 Godzilla remake by Gareth Edwards. Uh, talk about a one that you're disappointed that it faked you out god yeah literally one of the greatest trailers i think i've ever seen it's incredible and it is a complete and total fabrication <laughs> it never happened <laughs> well it's interesting that because i writer because it's interesting because most of the trailers are made up of footage from like the first third of the movie mm-hmm and they make you think. They did a very, they did a very good job with the trailers of not showing Godzilla too much. <laughs> but they did a really bad job of the movie of not showing <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great when they built up to his first reveal, but at this point, you've revealed him. Why are you hiding him from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, and that, and that's really the, the two core issues of the movie, right? Is that Godzilla really is not the lead monster of this movie. It's called Godzilla. The, the first trailer had the amazing shot where these people halo jumping and you see Godzilla move the dust dust behind them. It's it's amazing. It gets you hyped. But the still movie the itself... the shot of the movie too. Yeah, still mm-hmm. amazing the movie. But the actual movie is about them fighting these things called Mudos or whatever the heck. Like these other monsters that no one cares about. It should have been. It was advertised as a People versus Godzilla movie like the original. I don't understand when, especially when the foot, the parts of that that are there before it completely shifts with Brian Cranston's character are really good. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's another thing. That's the other big part. Is, I was enjoying the hell out of this movie and then Brian Cranston dies and then the movie just kind of halts. Yeah, the energy is just until the final battle. Because he's the whole personal connection. Well, with his wife and he was part of the disaster and it's just sucked away. Well, that's the part to connect this to our topic, right? Is that Brian Cranston was sold as the lead. Yes. He, 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 he was sold to everyone as that he was the main character and you kind of believe that for the first half hour until he dies. Well, even even when he died, I'm like, oh, he's he's not dead. He's not dead. And then I'm yeah. thinking like, <laughs> wait, he said everything he said in the trailers. Son of a bitch, he's dead. Well, there's the key, yeah, I didn't right? Believe it until like 20 minutes later that I'm like, holy, holy shit, he is actually dead. And they they knew that they manipulated it because this is literally coming right off the final season of Breaking Bad. Yep. This is when Brian Cranston was the biggest thing, and, and they had him for the first 30 minutes of this movie. So they sold, and it's even bad structure because he completely drives the entire first act. He's the driving force of the movie, and then he's gone. And then, and then he dies. And, and the plot begins, really. But that's yeah, a part... And the, and the plot ends. But that's a part that, that you have to read into. That I, I knew that he was going to be dying early when I first saw the movie. Because me lists all the casts and then goes, and Brian Cranston. That was the moment where I went, oh shit, he's going to be the first to die, isn't he? Yeah, for, for me, I was so caught up in how cool of an intro sequence it was oh, so that good. I wasn't reading the cast list because the intro is really cool and so is the music. So I wasn't even looking at the names, so I didn't see that. Yeah, <laughs> It distracted me then, too. It fooled me then. Yeah. <laughs> it fooled I, me during the credits. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And I guess that's the big issue with this movie, I think, for me. 
I still kind of like the movie. I just really wish I got the movie that I thought I was getting because that movie, because that movie in my head was amazing. Yeah, well, and I agree. You know, it's still a good movie. I like everything till Cranston dies, and then it's basically like a half hour before the final battle, and everything in between you could cut because <laughs> nothing yeah, happens. It's, it's pretty. Eh. And they keep faking you out. We talked about Terminator Terminator Dark Fate is the best three out of five movie ever. This is the worst three out of five movie (laughs) ever. (laughs) Because it should have been amazing. And it was amazing for 30 minutes. Well, and they keep faking you out. Like, like probably the part that everyone in the theater most disappointed wasn't Brian Cranston's death. It was when it sets up the first big monster fight in the movie Godzilla squares up he roars at the other monsters and then it cuts away to to a freaking shot of this dumb kid watching the the, the news with news acres going hey did you guys see this really cool monster fight last night oh god it was so awesome I I wish you guys saw this monster fight like yeah so do I (laughs) my my theater had literal like size when that happened like there were literally like people like (laughs) (laughs) I could handle it one time, but when you do it two more times after that, then it's like, okay, buddy, you're screw it. You're, you're dangling the thing in front of us and we're about to punch you in the face just to get it. Yeah. Yeah, Because the other one was door closing with the, the slow build up to revealing Godzilla. But at that point, like he's there, we've seen him (laughs) just do stuff. (laughs) May, may, make a simpler CGI model. You can't have him be on screen for too long. Well, I didn't think his design was that elaborate. But it's big. And if you, it's big well, that's, and that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is if you were going to do it, you could have left the first one where you actually, it's dark out. You can get away with a little more bad CGI when it's dark. Yeah. It. I really wish we got the movie that we were promised. If you want to see the movie that we were promised, uh, watch. I highly recommend you guys watch Shin Godzilla. It's 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 the recent Japanese one that came out. I think two years after this one. It's exactly the movie you wanted this one to be. Sign me up. <laughs> it's it's not amazing in my opinion because the CGI is really bad. It was made a, like a tenth of the budget of this one. It made only cost like fifteen million dollars, and it looks Most like money it. probably went to Cranston. <laughs> But but Godzilla is terrifying. Like, he looks scary in this movie. The whole premise of the movie is basically government bureaucracy versus Godzilla. In that it... it Uh-oh. <laughs> it's basically... It's about, it's about trying to defeat Godzilla with, with government red tape. Like, it's... It's not visually the best, but the writing's fantastic. It's... It actually has good human characters. It has a good human plot. It's something that every person that was disappointed by the 2014 Godzilla, which 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 pretty sure is everyone who saw the 2014 Godzilla, <laughs> um, it's a movie that that everyone that saw that should should should, should see. It's so it's so damn interesting. Ooh, this Godzilla looks terrifying. Yeah, 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 look, yeah, look, yeah, look I, up keep, the tra- I keep seeing them recommend on YouTube, like him entering his final form, uh, and like I can't click on it because I want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, like he looks scary. He looks terrifying. Um, the, the the way his eyes move is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen in the movie. 
Now, now, granted, most of the time, he just kind of stands there and does nothing because they couldn't afford to actually have the character move (laughs) (laughs) too much. That was too expensive. But we at least got something a little bit, I think, more akin to the to the classic Godzilla, be, be, before Godzilla became kind of kind of a parody of itself, and became just this yeah, weird... That's a weird thing. Like people forget the first Godzilla was like commentary. It was like <laughs> this big social piece, and now it's like you know monsters go burr, which they're fun in that. But hey, at least it's not the 1998 one with Ugh. Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Oh, that one's so bad. Just just Jurassic Park. But but bad. We got that we got that and Planet of the Apes like in rapid succession, two horrible remakes that completely forget the commentary of the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't get don't don't make me start on OG Planet of the Apes. That movie's phenomenal. Amazing. <laughs> Except that then we'd argue about Charlton Heston and then this podcast would never end. Yep. Much much, 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 much us crying about Brian Cranston dead and then Godzilla will never end because I will never forgive you. I will never forgive you, Gareth Edwards. You, you, you took what happened. You took movie one away from me. Why? And give us Aaron Taylor Johnson who can't act or, or forgot how to act. He doesn't do anything. He's like he's like Jai Courtney. Like I said earlier, he's a good side character, but he cannot lead. No, he could lead and kick ass. Yeah, he does lead and kick ass pretty well. And, and leads great. It's for some reason when they haven't put a normal dude. It's just like, hey, hello, wife. Hello, son. I am Soldier <laughs> Army Man. Hello, sister yeah, wife. <laughs> Is there literally any personality to him in this movie? I don't remember a no. single. No, it's like, why he was cut from him. the sequels. Yeah, because where do you go with a character that doesn't I, I have a character? You, if Brian Cranston had been alive that whole movie, Brian Cranston would have been in every single one of these sequels mm-hmm. because, duh, he was a good character. <laughs> I mean, the only people that have character were Cranston and Watanabe. You know, I bet Cranston would have been basically uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, you're probably right in the sequel, or or, or he would have been Ken Watanabe, and he and he would have. Sacrifice blew himself. himself up yeah. for for because the plot demanded it. <laughs> There's a the thing though, Kimo Tanabe. Right. To be fair, this movie did did give, give give us let them fight, which is probably one of the greatest memes to come up of any of any recent movie. Which we do every time we start an argument. One of us will send a gift, be like, "Let them fight," because that's it's what you do now. Because I mean, they knew what they were they they were doing with that part. I should also say that I saw this movie on opening night in IMAX. Which was a fun experience. I mean, I think it's one of those instances where I enjoyed watching the movie more than actually enjoying the movie itself. Because like when Godzilla roared, all the seats shook. Well, the one scene where he rips the other monster's mouth open and just does the atomic breath right yeah, down. It's like, sick. oh, that's a, that's Every- an everybody clap scene. That's what that is. That it's every sample clap because that was awesome. But although, like for me, like I was just disappointed because I mean. This was like my most anticipated movie at that time. Like all me and all my friends like rushed to that theater mm-hmm. to watch that movie. And it's it's so disappointing and 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 that 10 minute end monster battle is pretty fun. It's not worth all the build up though. No. Right. But then the sequel is like what's that you want you want monster fights? Okay, this movie's all monster fights. You get what With you fucking deserve. Just horrible plotline. 
that's the one thing about the sequels is like I think Garrett Edwards was better at shooting the action scenes and making him feel huge. Where in the other movie, it, it, the scale doesn't seem quite right. That's because they made yeah, him too big. Certainly, best. They, they, they made him too stupidly big, where he can't really interact with interact with anything else because he's too huge. Like they had, they they had to change King Kong just to make it so King Kong could actually fight him. <laughs> Because like King Kong, how oh, I don't know, I got big. Because King <laughs> Kong, King, the climax he's of the supposed King to climb King. the Empire State, yeah, State Building. Yeah, he's climbing the State Building. No, he's as big as the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I really hope I, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I really hope he uses that as a weapon. That would actually be pretty. That actually be pretty <laughs> sweet. sweet. We, we've seen it. J- Justin and I have seen it, right? Did you watch? No, it I haven't yet? seen it yet. Oh, okay, I, I watched it last night. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. Uh, as of recording the, 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 this upcoming weekend, uh, cause my, my plan wife, is either tonight or tomorrow to watch it. Because my wife loves Godzilla; it's her favorite franchise ever. I'm pretty sure, and she would she would murder me if I watched this without her. So, <laughs> um, so I have to wait now. It's great. Being be married is awesome. Highly recommend it, kids. <laughs> Should have married someone who wasn't so in the movies. Yeah, but that would never have lasted either for very obvious reasons. <laughs> that he yeah. wouldn't be married. Yeah, <laughs> be single. <laughs> Boom! Problem solved. <laughs> um, but with that, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we've been talking for a long time. Thanks for listening uh, to yet another episode of Us Rambling that we call Idiot Plot. If you like what we do, what we talk about, uh, be sure to like and subscribe to us on Spotify, on YouTube, on Anchor FM, on Google Podcasts, we're all those places. Uh, if, if you want to talk to us, comment on our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback. What what movies fooled you? What 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 trailers? Gave you the wrong impression of a, of a movie. We 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 we'd love to hear it. Uh, be sure to check 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 us out on Facebook to keep up with with all of our updates, and also follow us on Letterbox. It's a great app for people that want to kind of share movie reviews and see other people's movie movie reviews. Our links are available on our YouTube channel. Um, so, like I said. Thanks for listening to another episode of Idiot, Idiot Plot. I'm, I'm David Yanish, joined always by Alex Overdahl and Just Nightel. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.